Welcome to the Kingdom Truth Podcast with Bible teacher Yolanda Tyler. Bible teacher Yolanda Tyler teaches the good news of Jesus Christ and biblical Christian principles that empower all people with real-life timeless applications for daily kingdom living. Now here's your host, Bible teacher Yolanda Tyler, sharing kingdom truths for kingdom living. Well, praise the name of the Lord, everybody. We are so excited that you all could join us today. We have a very special guest, a beautiful woman of God. Her name is Michelle Laven. And I would have to say that Michelle is truly one of a kind. She is so genuine and always a joy to be around. She is the type of godly woman that when you see her, you see Jesus. She carries the aroma and fragrance of Christ with her so beautifully everywhere she goes. Michelle and I met about seven years ago at a woman's Bible study. She was quiet and reserved, but still very knowledgeable about the word of God and always willing to share and help others. Michelle married her husband, Steve, in November of 1980. And although she was raised as a Catholic, nevertheless, she eventually joined her husband's church, received Jesus Christ as her Lord and Savior, and was water baptized. It was seven years after they got married, she was saved, and her husband was saved at the age of 12. Michelle then began to get serious about her relationship with the Lord and immediately started studying the Bible. After five years of marriage, Michelle and Steve had their first child and two children thereafter. When Michelle was in her 30s, her husband supported her and encouraged her to go to nursing school. She became a registered nurse. Her husband at the time was a production operations manager at a local TV station. Steve was also in college working on his teaching degree. Immediately after completion of nursing school, Michelle secured a job at a local hospital and worked as an RN in the acute dialysis center. She absolutely loved her job. They were living a very good life. They had just bought a new home. Their children were 8, 11, and 13 years of age. And then at the age of 39, her life was divinely interrupted. One Sunday after church, Michelle felt a stabbing pain in the back of her head. She took five steps and fell backwards on her bed. Her left side was then totally numb. She was taken to the hospital only to find out from the MRIs imagings that she had suffered a stroke. A blood clot was discovered in the thalamus section of her brain that would result in total numbness on the left side of her body with no feelings at all from the top of her head all the way down to her feet. So Michelle's life has never been the same since. And she is here today to share her testimony with us. And we're so glad to have you, Michelle, on the show. Thank you so much. And would you please just go ahead and share your testimony? Sure. When Steve and I got home from church that day, and and like I said, the, there was a stabbing pain, and the and I had the stroke. I had him. I called him into the room because I couldn't move, and I also told him to call one of the nurses that I worked with to have her meet me at the hospital. 
and he got me ready. And he remembers me telling him, now make sure you put my left shoe on. And the thing is, it really scared him because he was struggling and he had just struggled and gotten the, my left shoe on. So he knew that I could not feel anything at all. He got me to the hospital within 30, 40 minutes. And um, when I got there, I had a, a feeling of my throat closing up. So I felt like I was dying. I remember telling my middle daughter that if something happens to me, you'll know where I am. But that was just a feeling. The doctor, when the neurologist saw me, she thought I was having a migraine because I had there were no other symptoms. She kept me overnight. The MRI showed the next morning that I had the stroke. And how did you feel after your first notice of your prognosis? Since they were not in emergency mode, they were kind of like, we'll just wait and see if this is a migraine kind of thing. I was okay and kind of calm, kind of scared, but but pretty calm. But um, the next morning when they said that there definitely was a stroke, I knew that I, I had passed that time window for the clock bust, busting drug that they usually give you <laughs> within three hours. Wow. Um, I knew it was past that window so that I didn't get the help that I needed. So that was kind of scary for me. But at that point, I was just like in disbelief maybe and kind of unsure what was happening. I was just letting things happen to me. So they ran lots and lots of tests. And Steve was my, he was the one who did, you know, talk to the doctors and ask the questions and everything. I was just kind of dazed, I guess. How are your children? They were in the room. They didn't know what was happening, but they weren't, you know, able to come into the hospital room. And some people from church evidently came up and, and took care of them. Did you ever question God? Absolutely. Now, at first, I kept thinking, God's going to heal me. I'm going to get better. And the doctors kind of gave me hope also. So at first, I was I was just thinking, he's going to heal me. And then I began to think, why me? And why now we had just bought our house uh, five months before, just got into the house. Steve was just going back to school to become a teacher, doing his following his dream. And this happened and it completely, you know, changed our lives. Did you feel like it was only you going through this? Like you were all alone at the time? Yes, definitely alone. Um, I felt very helpless. I had to, when I got home from the hospital, um, within the first week or two, I started having a lot of pain. That was when Steve really took over and, and started researching why I had pain. And is this a normal thing to have stroke pain afterwards? And he found out all this really scary information for him. He said he found out that some people can't even wear clothes because the pain is so is so painful. It's very hard to get medications that would work, but he found he by his research, he found medications that other people had said worked for them. And so he called my neurologist and he said, I want her to have these medications. And she immediately gave them to me because she knew that, that was a possibility. I have never been released from that pain. However, if I did not have the pain, um, I would not be able to walk. So I'm grateful for the pain that I have because it allows me to to have a 
kind of a feeling. Even though I have no feeling on that side, it gives me a little bit of feedback so I can walk. Wow. Now, let me ask you this. You said that you had to get help when you got home from the hospital. So how did you react towards the help and who came over to give you help at the time? Steve stayed home with me for like two weeks. And during that time, the church fed us. Our, we had a, we were part of a wonderful church family. They fed us. They came and visited us. They took our kids to different things. It was during, it was the November so it was Thanksgiving time and stuff like that. So they, they were, they took care of our family. But I had women that would come from two churches, and they would come sit with me, uh, take me to the bathroom, which that was hard. Uh, modesty going in on that, and then also just feeling like I should be the caregiver. I was a nurse, and I was having to have people take care of me. And there was one particular lady that came over and her mother had died of a stroke, just, you know, had a stroke and died and she didn't have a chance to help her. So she was, she said, I love that I can help you because I couldn't help my mother. So I, I know that I was, it was a blessing for others to be able to help me. And that actually helped me understand that I needed to let people help me. Absolutely. Now, let me ask another question. Did they help you with the children also? Yes. There was one particular friend, very good friend of mine. Her name was Karen. And she would pick, take them to school, pick them up, take them places after school, take them to church, you know, that kind of thing. But other than that, Steve, my husband, you know, really did all, everything, <laughs> everything else. But we did not have, um, it, was, it was really our church family. That helped. But that is beautiful. So Michelle, you know, we're both believers and we understand how important it is to belong to a local church and to have that connection. Just share that a little bit and encourage someone who's thinking, you know, I just don't feel like I want to be a part of the local church. So just share how important it is to be a part of a church family. Oh, so very important. When you're part of a church family and you get involved in people's lives and you walk out life with each other and serve each other that way, it's very easy when you see a need, you can take care of that need. And you other people will see that in you that you what you need, they'll ask, they'll they'll accept help. When you're not plugged in, you tend to isolate. And you don't want the help. And then you, you know, you need those people around you. And especially if you don't have siblings and parents or children that are near you, they become your siblings, your parents and your children. Absolutely. Now, let me ask you another question. You stated that you felt like no one understood what you were going through, but how was your relationship with the Lord? David cried out in the Psalms. And he cried out to God. He told him everything. He would get mad at God. And then he'd immediately turn around and, and praise him. And so that's what, you know, when I would feel that, I would take everything to him. Not in the beginning. In the beginning, I could, you know, I'm like, I can handle this. I could do. But it was when I started letting go and just realizing this is not about me. This is not just about me. That. There's a part of me that I had always prayed if if I ever stray or if I'm ever going to stray, that you would bring me right back 
that you would bring me back quickly. Well, you know, sometimes I think, you know, what's quicker than a stroke? Um, could this be a form of discipline? I don't know. So I there were I had lots of questions, and I'm I'm okay if that if this is a form of discipline, but this is also a way for me to talk to others when they see me like this and they see that I'm okay, you know, and I still go to church and I still get out and do things or whatever. I'm not just sitting and being by myself. I think it gives other people hope. I see this more as, you know, it can be a ministry too. Absolutely. Now, at the time you said your husband also served in the ministry as an elder, correct? And you said how they were praying for you. The elders came and prayed over me, laid hands on me and anointed me with oil. And I had went to them several times for this. I was not healed of my physical pain, but I do believe that that was my spiritual healing too. Amen. Um, That is beautiful, Michelle. Let me ask you another question now. Both you and your husband were both working at the time. And then after that, of course, you believed God that you would be able to go back to work, but you couldn't. So now describe your life after you realized you could no longer go back to work. Yes. Well, what happened was when you have a stroke or a heart attack, nothing really pays out or anything for a year because they, within a year you should be able to go back to work. So I really had a year of thinking maybe I'll maybe I'll be able to go back to work, maybe I won't. But for that year, we're like, we had just moved. So, and we had a truck and we had a boat and we sold the boat. We sold the truck, the toys, you know, my husband's father gave us a car, an old car for a second car, but we just got rid of the extra things, but God allowed us to keep our house. And what, one of the blessings of having that house where it was located and the that had a large living room, we would have our small groups come over to our house every Sunday. So our church group would come over to our house. Wow, that's beautiful. Now, how did Steve respond after he realized he couldn't finish his teaching degree? You know, he really has never been bitter or anything else about that. That was just something he just knew he couldn't do because He was still working at a TV station full-time and trying to go to school and do his student teaching. Um, And he knew he couldn't do both and take care of me. So he went ahead and um, decided to drop out of school. Uh, I mean, he still taught within the church, taught the kids within the church, but he had to stay with the TV station. He was in TV for almost 30 years. So... Oh, wow. He, is, he, was, he was okay with that. He just wanted to, me to be okay. Wow. That is, you guys had a very strong marriage at the time. Yes. Yes, we did. When I was in the hospital, when I had my stroke, I never had a drooping face. Within two, three days while I had been there, they had changed my medication and my face began to droop. Wow. And he caught it and had them come in so they could stop the medication because then I was having a bleed within the same area. So I was stroke. I was actually having another stroke. So he was the one who caught that. He was, he was very attentive to my needs. Um, so yes, uh, he wanted to fix me. He wanted me to be okay. I said, I never worried about him leaving me. Whereas wow. that is something that is very common during times like this is you have you either grow closer together or you are apart. 
and we grew closer together. That is so beautiful. Wow. Now, how important was it? Because we know that you got saved seven years after you got married. How important was it for you now when you went through, you know, the stroke to know the Lord? You know, when we first got married, and of course, like I said, I, I, I didn't grow up. I always grew up knowing God, but I didn't have much of a relationship and I, I wasn't saved. I was a very jealous person. I was always afraid Steve was going to find somebody else, you know, whatever. When I became a Christian, I realized Steve has to answer for his own soul. And so I knew he wanted to be faithful to God. So I had more peace after that. You know, when I, when I became a Christian, I had peace about our relationship because I knew we both had the same th- goal, which was heaven. And it was a that was a huge revelation to me. It, it was a, such a peace about it. Wow. Now, let me ask you this. So you were involved in certain ministries. Tell me, how did that help you to work through the, the process of your healing? I think you mentioned the prison ministry. Yes, we had a, our ladies ministry had um, a prison ministry also in, in Jackson, Mississippi. And um, we would go to the women's prison and speak to them. And it was, you know, when you when you look at somebody and they're perfect, it's hard to identify with them because you think just automatically they've got a perfect life because of the way they look. But because I came in with a cane and I have a jerk because of my uh, this not being able to feel on this side. Um, have a strange way of walking and things like that. The women seemed to identify with me wow. and it was, it was easy for me to talk to them. And, you know, that, and one of the biggest things I would tell them is, you know, you're in here because you got caught. And I said, my sin is socially acceptable in whatever sin I'm in. And I just didn't get caught. That's the only difference between you and me. And it was a, I I really loved that ministry. That was a really neat ministry. That was one of my favorite things that we did as women in serving. Okay, that's beautiful. But but I did um, Explorers Bible study, which was for children. So I go teach with the the children's Bible studies. So that was part of your ministry and giving back. Yes. And you had enough time to do it. Do you think maybe if you had not had the stroke, that maybe you would not have spent that time serving the Lord the way you did? Oh, absolutely. I would not have had time. And then if I had any extra time, I would do overtime at work. I was always so, so busy before I had my stroke. And then afterwards, when life completely changed, within about a year, Afterwards, that's when I started finding things to be involved in, or God was just putting on me to be involved in, so that I never would have been involved, you know, I wouldn't have had the time. Wow, that is so awesome. Now, Michelle, I know over the years you've been on different medicines for pain management. Tell me how important it is for people who have to, you know, manage the pain to be careful with some of the medications that are uh, given out? Well, I was on, I've been on many different medications. And one of the main ones I, I was actually on for almost 22 years. 
And I know that that was causing problems like with my liver counts and things like that. So I've been trying to get off medications for years. The first 10 years, I was on so many drugs that sometimes I would be driving and I would think to myself, I'm driving the car. I'm driving the car. That's how much of a state my brain was in. I was just in a fog all the time. So now I have weaned myself off all the medications. So granted, I am a nurse too. And I also was under the direction of a doctor and he, he knew what I was doing. And I weaned off all of my drugs um, except for one, the gabapentin, until and I did that in December, no, November, November of last year. So I'm not on anything. I'm not wow. on any medications now. My, I think clearer, so much more clearer now. And, you know, my pain's not any worse than it was when I was on all those drugs. And that's what's so telling about what drug you, you get, your body gets used to the drugs. And sometimes coming off of the drugs, it was almost like a um, withdrawal. I have withdrawal symptoms, but the pain is not any worse. In fact, it might be a little bit better. Wow. So that is a praise report. Is, yes. The other thing is we, we do watch what we eat, trying to be very careful about no processed foods and trying to keep off all sugars and stuff like that. That has made a huge difference also. Oh, wow, Michelle, that is beautiful. Let me uh, ask you this. So maybe there's someone who's listening to the podcast and they're feeling despondent and they're down, they're feeling all alone and maybe have gotten a bad prognosis from their physician. What would you tell them? You know, I would just say, keep seeking the Lord. Keep reading his word. That was one of the things that I just began to just love. And I would ask God, I would say, just give me a love for your word and let me see you in your word, hear your voice. And I would read and God would speak to me directly and give, he gives me the hope that is something that I have held on to. And I feel like if if I didn't have God, I don't know where I would be right now. I mean, I, I truly do not know where I would be, but I will, I will say this, there when God leads you through things and you question, and like I did question, I just went through nursing school. Why did why did you let me do that? And I can't even be a nurse anymore. But do you know he's used that nursing education to be? I love to research, so I research for anybody who has medic, you know, has problems, or I research their medications. I've been with three family members as they went through death. I've been to, been able to be in the hospital with with family members and talk to them about what's going on. With I've been a liaison for them, so God has used. He still uses what He gives us, those gifts that He gives us. Absolutely, that is so beautiful, Michelle. Would you please close out for us in prayer? Sure, Lord, I lift up to you all those listening. May you make yourself known in a very personal way that they will have no doubt that you are with them. Let us always learn and delight in your living word. Fill us with your spirit, Lord, and give us strength and wisdom for each day. In your son's holy and precious name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you. Thank you so much again, Michelle, for coming on the show. We appreciate your time. And we want to thank all the listeners everywhere. God bless you. Thank you for listening to today's episode 
of the Kingdom Truth Podcast with Bible teacher Yolanda Tyler. Please subscribe to our podcast so you will know when the next episode is published. To hear more biblical teachings and give to support the ministry, please visit our website at www.thekingdomtruth.org. That is www.thekingdomtruth.org. God bless you until we meet again.